Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on? This is the Brass Ring Media Podcast, the free podcast of the week for Thursday, December 21st, 2023. Happy holidays. I'm Zach Haydorn. That is Tyler Sage. Tyler, man, we're uh, in the holiday home stretch here, but have quite a quite a bit of wrestling to talk about. What's going on, man? Yes, definitely in the home stretch. I'm curious what, as you have a normal person job, I would say, you know, no no job is exactly normal. Yeah, your, I your certainly work, doesn't feel like that all the time, yeah. but yes. I'm curious what your work <laughs> schedule is and like if it, people in the chat can too, like is everyone off next week is my interpretation of, of that flow. Um, so, you know, is it obviously, you know, I'm derailing us already because I think this is more on the paid member show, <laughs> you know, the, the best of episode of Raw obviously is good if I'm a talent to not have to work and travel on Christmas Day to an event. Totally. Um, totally. Is that, but you know, is that, should there be some wrestling during the week? Even though it's not, <laughs> I know it's a downtime, but I'm happy that there's not. So I can have my, you know, Christmas night together. Anyway, it's good it's, to be here. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's, <laughs> well, first of all, what's up to everybody in the chat? Going crazy already. Ryan's in there. What's going on? Ryan, Tracy's in. Happy holidays to you, Tracy. Sean's in there. Merry Christmas, Sean. Ryan, where I drink uh, 24 ounces of moonshine every episode for Ryan. Beaut- yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows this, but we just, have Tyler just, you know, face, plant, face plants forward as <laughs> he's done with the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, so happy holidays, everybody. Thank you for joining us live. I'm 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 pretty like open this week. Like it's pretty so I'm in uh uh media sales is my other, you know, the day job, the pesky old day job. And it's a really quiet week. You know, this week too was like pretty quiet in that regard, but other things, um, you know, holiday holiday related. So it's um yeah, it'll be good next week to kind of just chill out. I think it's I think it's like just good for wrestling and for you know talents like that 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 they feel like wwe and feels like they can put on a best best of show finally after all these years of like you know you think about what guys did you know in the 80s and like the 90s and before that like just you know having to leave christmas morning or not even being around the house on christmas morning like it's just I don't know. I don't, you know, it's a sign of the times for sure. You know, they got that, that TV money. It's in the pocket already. Like, so you, they have a little bit more freedom, but it's, it's good to see that like, you know, the companies feel like, all right, we can actually be like a normal, you know, a normal company here and like give, give our talent a couple, a couple weeks off. I think that's, it's uh, I don't know if it's the first time they've done that, but it's, it's refreshing to see. I don't know if it's, a Triple H move. I don't know if Vince McMahon would be pulling the same thing because uh, of you know he's an old school maniac. But hey, you know, sign of the times. I really do think it's. A sign and it of is. Time. It's interesting the divergence between like you know sports entertainment since we're talking WWE here in real sports of like real sports is leaning in ever more so into right. holiday events like NFL games, NBA games, the Winter Classic. Um, I'm sure there's a couple college football uh, bowl, game, bowl yeah. games that day. So yeah. it's interesting divergence of the two. Obviously, I think you and I agree. Obviously, you just said it. But having time off on a holiday where you're probably – the rating – like if there's a live show and day one is loaded, it's like a mini pay-per-view. Which I'm yeah, sure which is smart. Say, that's a smart move. I, mean, I think that's a smart – because mm-hmm. New Year's Day is like a different kind of holiday to me. Yeah. Like yeah. I want stuff to watch 
hung over on the couch on New Year's Day. Yeah, because that's like a Sunday, too, the way it's structured. Like, I think a lot of people, either the second or third, have to go back. So it's kind of like, all right, well, I got to lock in. I was watching wrestling before I go back to my bleaky. (laughs) As I've been there multiple times. So, but yeah, uh, like the rating would be not too different, in my opinion, if you had a live show versus a best of show. I mean, maybe a couple hundred thousand, but yeah, 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 for sure. Real quick, I don't want to derail further, but. Are you trolling me with that Cleveland Brown shirt that you oh, have yeah, on? Oh, yeah, for right sure. Now? That was the plan. Yeah. God. What a crazy Damn. game that was. I and mean, that's more, we should probably save that for the uh, the paid member show. They like our football banter, I think. And the reason they joined the Patreon of Wrestling Media is like just the meme of whatever. The guy, I mean, whoever your receiver was, did he get cut? The guy that had that. Oh, he should. He's still on the team, but yeah. Yeah. If it's not because it wasn't DJ Moore, if I no. that's the only receiver I know on your team, him and Cole Komet. There you I, go. That's all you need to know about the receivers and the Bears. Your team, and I don't know the names of any other guys. So like that guy should be cut. And uh, yeah, that was a glorious game. And Did it, he have like some kind of bet on the finish or something like that? It's because it, it's almost like he just kicked up. Like, oh, I don't want could, this. I don't want this. It's like he couldn't believe like the good that fortune he had it, that he, he had it. rejected. You know, again. This season for me has been incredible for lots of reasons. A lot of close games. Deshaun Watson has not been there to like have me, yeah. like decide what to do as a fan. Like <laughs> old man Joe Flacco coming in and slinging the rock has been super fun. So it's been a very fun year for me. So I, I him, do feel bad for you, but you got like two top five picks. So we're not going. Any, good, we're not. We're not going anywhere anyway. Even if we won that game, but yeah, you know nothing like uh, you can always count on the Bears defense to make Joe Flacco look like Joe Montana out there. <laughs> The I mean, they quarter. did. They did for the first three quarters. Definitely played well in the homework, but <sighs> more on that later. Become okay. a Patreon member, and you can hear all of our back and forth about the NFL this season. Uh, let's set the table really quick. This is yeah. the Brassing Media Podcast. We do a free show every week, every Thursday. Now, uh, in the in the afternoon, three Eastern, two Central. I'm talking about the news of the week in wrestling with you. Chat's open. So you can get in on the conversation, um, and we are live every single week. If you can't catch us here on YouTube, uh, you can catch us as a podcast. We simulcast this show in podcast form uh, every single week as well. And so wherever you get your podcast, you can download this just a, f- just a few minutes after we're done. Um, so whether that's Spotify, whether that's Apple Podcasts, whether that's some other weird podcast app that you have, we are there and you can catch us as a podcast, bring us to work, bring us to the gym, wherever you want to listen to us. That's where we are. Um, you can su- subscribe to our free stuff, which is this YouTube channel. Uh, hit the subscribe button and uh, hit the notification button so that you know when we are live every single week. You can also subscribe for free on our Substack page our Substack newsletter we have free um, articles going up all throughout the week from me from tyler and from a brand new uh contributor molly bell who posted her first uh her first column yesterday about uh an identity crisis in aew so you can get all that content for free as well but when you are ready to turn it up a notch and get the full brass ring media experience uh Become a Patreon member, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. You get a free weekly podcast from Tyler and myself. You get pay-per-view review shows from uh, from both of us 
when those are applicable, uh, which will be upcoming in about a week for, for the AEW World's End pay-per-view. Um, of course, Royal Rumble after that, et cetera, et cetera. But that's part of being a VIP member. Full access to the newsletter. Um, so all columns you get uh, full access to. Access to our Discord community, which becomes uh, more and more fun by the day. Uh, and it's $4. It's $4. And uh, we hope that you give us a shot. We certainly will uh, do our best to earn your business. But um, patreon.com backslash brass ring media today on the free show here. Wanna, we're going to, we're going to uh, spend some time in AW land and WWE land, uh, with some different, uh, from different topics. And then on the VIP side, the member side, um, we will, uh, kind of have a, uh, news hit format, uh, concerning WWE news. Cause there's been a lot of it, uh, this week. And since we've talked last, so we'll hit those topics, um, for our members. Um, and once again, patreon.com backslash brass ring media. Yes, Ryan, Molly did crush it yesterday. If you haven't checked out her column, um, head to the Substack right now. It's a pretty good, pretty good piece. She's going to be writing monthly stuff, uh, for us. Um, and so really excited to welcome her to the team. And, uh, I think I speak for Tyler where it's just great to have another voice uh, in the, in the room, putting, putting stuff out. Um, so Tyler, let's start with AEW since it's top of mind uh, with everybody. I'm uh, curious to, as to what you thought of the, the show last night as a whole. Um, but we, we've got, uh, you know, we've got, the Continental Classic coming to an end. Um, last week on the show, we predicted a triple threat, the dreaded triple threat, uh, to close out the gold block, I believe, or is it the blue block? Uh, the blue league. Gold, I think. Gold league, yes. The blue still to be determined. That's that. Right. Okay. Right. Well, yes. To be determined, quote, unquote. <laughs> um, the, blue, the gold block, It's uh, everybody's tied with 12 points. So we've got... John Moxley, we've got Swerve Strickland, and we've got Jay White uh, all at 12 points because why wouldn't they have 12 points, all of them? Uh, they're going to collide next week in the semifinals in a triple threat match. Tyler, what did you think of that, my friend? What did you think? Was it as bad as you thought it would be when we cooked it up last week on the show? Yeah, I mean, again, we cooked it up. A lot of things in WWE, like I think we booked like the whole rest of the year from a top view, like a couple weeks ago, accidentally. So it's not necessarily a bad thing if you book things out and you can like call them ahead of time. My beef is still, and I, I would love someone in the chat to confirm this because we were kind of questioning this the other week. Like the semifinal thing, like came up like two weeks into this tournament, right? It was ne not originally a planned semifinal. Uh, so I know Zach, Zach Barber just popped in here, so I think he'll know more than others but hey, go ahead zach Adorn. well i just i i <laughs> i mean yeah somebody tell us whether or not that was a thing but i don't think i don't think it was but to your point last week it we shouldn't be wondering <laughs> either way like either way it goes okay so 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 we're getting confirmation that that uh it was planned from the start and yeah. Okay, I, I, I do buy it. I trust Zach on this sort of stuff. He's yeah, because I, I, I don't remember it. honestly. But yeah, the point is, you got to tell people. Like, more, we we shouldn't be sitting here like wondering. Oh, was that planned for the start? Yeah. Was it not? Um, so I really don't think it matters. Out, you know, because you, I think you have to deliver. Like, hey, th th this is how it's going to work. And usually, though, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the G one 
um, when they do this type of format, they cross they cross um, blocks in the in the semifinals, right? So yeah. like winner, so number one of A block faces number two and B block. Yeah. So of- it used to be for a long, long time it was just A and B block. There were yeah. ten people in each block, and then the winners of each group. There's no. This went right to the final. And now in recent years, there's four blocks, A through D. And, yeah, I think it's A and B, the winners of those blocks, face in a semifinal, and then right. C and D. So you add an extra layer, which is fine. But, like, to redo, like, someone else you already fought to is, like, the big thing of, like, a tournament setting. That is not ideal. Like, even if you take, let's say, soccer, right? That's the, the sport with the most, like, tournaments that are not single elimination, that are round robin. So, like, the World Cup, you if there's four teams in a group, your team A, you – you face team B, C, and D, right? The top two teams in that thing get out. And you never are paired. Like, you and the other team in your group are on opposite sides of the bracket. So the only way you could ever meet again is if you meet in the finals. In the finals, because right. Because you, you just played that team. So it makes sense to not immediately play them again to get to somewhere else, right? So the logic of that is, like, if you're going to do 12, you might as well have done, like, what, 20? And just do – you know, three groups of four groups of five, like the yeah. way the is constructed, like that would have been a better format. And you could have gotten with rampage, you could have gotten it in, in the same amount of time too. So it just seems a little harebrained as usual from a, like obviously the beginning and then the stories for everybody like was planned out, but like this machination of like the human element and describing it and why it's like not going to limp to the finish line is a strong word, but yeah. With the semifinal, it just like takes some of that punch out of the Eddie Kingston story. It takes punch out of, you know, Moxley defeating Swerve, and then if Swerve beats him, or if they both lose to Jay, and then obviously they have their match. Like that makes more sense. But it just is what it is. It's the WWEification of a tournament, which is why I think WWE shouldn't have tournaments because you do all this sort of stuff where it just I don't know, it's just a little on the nose and that works well, sometimes. I, it doesn't work, and it didn't work for me here to do that. But they don't. Matter, and right? WWE doesn't have tournaments very often. Yeah, I mean they have one going on right now, but it's a smaller one. And you start you see some of the, what you just mentioned in that United <laughs> States Championship tournament already. Um, yeah. I I really like. Look, I think they're you know these three guys are going to have a good match next week. There's no doubt about that. Like without without question. I, I just I don't I just don't like the I just don't like the triple threat. I don't like three I don't like half the block getting to the to the semifinal. Like it just I, I think that's just a total kind of like total a total cop out, you know. And you know, not to mention, you know, you had these guys all do jobs anyway. Like so it's like just have Jay White win the block or something like that. Mm-hmm. If, like if you're gonna go that way or you're gonna whatever way you go next week, like whichever way that is, whether it's Swerve or whether it's uh, Jay White or whether it's John Moxley, just pick that guy to win and have that be the end of it. Like, I, I don't see anything wrong with that because, you you know, all the guys are – they're losing matches anyway in, in this scenario. So it's not like you've gotten to this final where everybody's undefeated, not, which would be bad in and of itself. Um, but so I think it's a cop-out. I said that last week, and I stick and I stick to that here. The other thing that I don't like about this is, you know, I I I, I was pretty confident last week that we are 
that we have a Jay White versus Eddie Kingston final here that we're kind of building towards. And I like I like the potential of that. Like it's a kind of like an upper mid card final, but you know, it's a heel Jay White versus a babyface sympathetic guy who's climbing back from you know coming from the depths of almost being out of the tournament and and now attempting to win it like that's a good story and i think the crowd would be behind it in new york like that was there with jay white beating john moxley last night i don't you know i the sense that i get now is that we're going to that john moxley's going to win this thing he's going to get the win back over over jay white so Swerve doesn't have to do the job. John Moxley's not doing another one back to back for Jay. It kind of leaves Jay White as the guy to take the pin here, and then you have Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. And I'm and and I just, you know, I don't know. I don't think you get the same type of like, you know, overcoming the mountain uh, of of winning the tournament if you're Eddie Kingston going up against a guy that everybody likes in 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 John Moxley. I, I just think that it's it dilutes Eddie Kingston's run to the to to the to the to the championship here to to, to the tournament win. So I, I'm not a huge fan of 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 that possibility either. Yeah, I mean, I hope you're wrong, but from the way the booking has been of like protecting every main guy, that makes sense, right? Because then you round robin everyone taking a pin from somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the alternative here is way better. And I don't think you disagree. It's, it seems hard not to do the thing where you do like Swerve and Moxley kind of screw each other over. And Jay White kind of cleans up and gets a heel pin. And then those two are mad at each other after the match. And then they have a match at the pay-per-view, which probably turns out to be the best match on the card. Because they will, you know, be bleeding within five minutes and all that good stuff. But in like kind of what they save from their tournament match. And then you get the, the Jay White. They just laid out with Eddie Kingston, and it gives Jay White probably a win um, in someone's not hometown, and you kind of give him that next step to stay important after losing the world title chance that he had and do all that. So, but man, yeah, I mean, everything you laid out with with Moxley and, and Kingston doesn't make a ton of sense. And, like, I don't know, to do this whole tournament and have – like, I like Kingston should be in the final because it's, it's his belt he put on the line. But, like, if this whole thing was Kingston just to win this tournament, like, I love Eddie Kingston. I still know, like, you're already, like, because the way you've booked Eddie Kingston and used him on AEW television tells you that he is a, you know, upper mid-card guy. And this belt is an upper mid-card title, which it is. But with the Jay White thing, you can at least do, like, the first run and try and make it feel important. So I hope you're wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's just, like, weak booking. It's just funny the difference of, like, you know, AEW in the beginning, like, man, people have matches and they win. And this is like such a breath of fresh air. And now, you know, you're years into a wrestling company where, you know, egos come into play and you have to like protect everybody all, all along the way. So it's, it's tough. It, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I mean, it, you're right. I mean, in the end, like, I think you, like, it's a good sign that like Swerve doesn't appear to be headed to win this. Um, that's a good sign. Uh, you know, I, you know, he's, he's kind of been around MJF. He's now around the, the devil storyline, which we may get into in a little bit later. So it seems like he's like on the outskirts of this. 
Um, and even John Moxley, I think, is almost is almost too too big for like to hold whatever that whatever that title is going to be. So I think that like if it nails down to Kingston and Jay White, like that's kind of where you want it to land, which is why I liked it so much. I just I just can't see John Moxley like losing, you know, losing again. You know, and maybe maybe they do do it in a way where like it's swerving John Moxley um, and their rivalry kind of gets the better of them. I would like that significantly better than um, than really any other than really any other scenario because I I do think Jay White needs to take this. Um, but we'll see. Uh, what what do you make of the the blue league right now? I mean, Andrade's had a you know a strong run. He's got I think he has nine points right now. Um, but really, the story, the story is Eddie, and you know, all to me, the signs point here to Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson again, and Kingston getting getting a W there, and, and Danielson kind of putting him over, and then off he goes to the final. So I mean, I like I think Andrade has shown quite a bit, like in this in this tournament, like he hasn't had a chance to, he's hasn't like been able to get out there and like cut a promo but the the yes that they've done like the promo work that they've done on him um and his work in the tournament i think is probably top top three or four you know when you look at everybody holistically in it um but i just don't think he's gonna like he's gonna be the guy that's gonna that's gonna win win the block so i'm looking at danielson and, and kingston as the as the as the semifinal match next week with, with Kingston kind of going over and getting the big, uh, getting the big rub and, and heading to the finals. But where are you at on, on, uh, on blue block? Yeah, I agree with the final tally of what happens here, but the Andrade stuff, like, you know, has been kind of a mystery ever since he appeared in AEW and really his main run on WWE, right? Like contract is up soon, question yes. mark. So this is the best he's ever looked. So is that like a combination of Andrade <laughs> like being available and wanting to show off the wares before he's free. And like, if you're Tony Khan, like likely, the, likely. Yeah. What, what was the idea to be like, Oh, that sounds great. You know, I guess get the most out of him versus like being used to do the next, you know, whatever he's not going to win. So it's fine. And this is what Andrade should have been used for forever. Right. Yes. Um, yes. Right. So exactly. That's interesting. And then Brody King, I think is like the best big man story that AEW's ever told with this run, you know, being with Julia Hart separately from, the House of Black, but I guess he was like, what, what were they called? Like the Kings of the Black Throne when he was with <laughs> some, I don't, some, Black. They change their name every every week, like what they so, they're called. Yeah, but like I like I've liked his run here. It's a very true classic G one run, and he's got a story where he's fighting smaller guys, kind of like Mirror when he first came in, not just in the meat division of fighting other big guys and squashing nobodies, as AW tends to book big guys. So I've really liked that. Um, so, yeah, and then it's it's gone the way it's going to go. You know, whatever group Eddie was in kind of had to win, him and Kingston. You know, that makes sense. That's kind of why I think you and I are down on the Moxley thing. I guess you can do the inverse of it as well. But, like, Kingston taking on Danielson and then Moxley back-to-back is kind of similar stories you're telling. Yeah, yeah. And, is, I mean, is. obviously, if he beats both of them, that's big for Kingston. I just don't have the faith in Tony Khan to push Eddie Kingston in a role that justifies that sort of back-to-back win streak. But, you know, maybe it's just Moxley winning. And he, he it's hard to beat those two guys 
and that's a story in itself. But you know, it's it's quite the gauntlet to go through, and I think that you have to be really careful how you book that if you do that in the final um, to protect that person. Like that person should be very special. It should be the way Swerve is being treated right now versus you know Eddie Kingston. Well, I- unfortunately, even though I love Eddie. I mean, imagine if, like, again, we go back to like the stakes of this. I mean, imagine if, if, um, like, if the if a world title shot were on the line here, you wouldn't be in this position where like you can't have the biggest stars of the tournament win. It's like, if this was a if there's a world title shot on the line here, like, the, my chips clearly would be all in on Swerve winning this because you have a great tournament. Lots of momentum. You win the tournament and you go on and you face the world champion. Here, it's like you have to like hedge around that because you don't want your biggest stars to be competing for this, what is inevitably going to be a mid-card title. So guys like Eddie Kingston make sense as your winner, but there's other top talent in this that he's going to now beat. So if he beats Andrade and then he beats Danielson and he beats John Moxley. It's like that guy should like, you know, in, uh, you know, in kayfabe terms, Mm -hmm. like in the AEW world, that guy should be like your biggest star. Like Mm -hmm. nobody's gone on a run like that in a, in AEW. So, but he won't be, you know, until that's why I look back on this and I'm like, man, there's been some really good things about this tournament. Like I found myself looking at the tournament matches going, all right, this will be, you know, a good night of wrestling. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that this tournament has its place like at a certain time in AEW's calendar calendar year. But, this, the, you know, man, if you just tweak a couple things here and there, I think you have something really compelling that you don't have to like book around, but you can just lean into like and this doesn't have to be the G1, but the G1, the winner of that, that's like big push time. Like yeah. whoever it is, like, you know that they're getting a huge push and they're going to the main event of the biggest show and they're going to wrestle for the world title. Like that's like the matches are certainly why, like the matches are like a big part of the G1, obviously, but what makes those mat like the foundation of all those matches being as good as they are and being as memorable as they are is because in the background is these guys are fighting for the absolute top prize that new Japan has. And that's the pivot I would make on this next year. I would pivot to make this thing the most important thing that, that is happening on all levels of the company and, and, and go all in on that. And I think you could still have your compelling matches. You could still throw guys in who, you know, are there to, you know, take the job. I mean, the G1 has those guys, the, the Ujiro's and the, uh, you know the the Yoshihashi's and like that those guys like they're they're there they're not gonna win but they're there mm-hmm. um and the young guys are usually it, like a young guy too but that's gonna blow up in a year like a Finley will be in there yes, David Finley yes. and then win like two matches and then blow up the next year and win a whole bunch more and win a whole bunch yeah or like go on a run and almost yeah. so like those guys are in it and but I think you can if you just make a couple of those tweaks you don't have to like walk on eggshells in terms of how you book this. You can just say like, all right, look, like we want in this case, Swerve to go over, or maybe next year it's, you know, Kenny Omega or an MJF who's like, you know, who gets this opportunity, who wins this next year to get a title shot. Like there's a lot of different ways you can play it, but I think if you have better stakes, you can just lean into it more and not have to like, you know, book yourself around some, some corners. Sorry. That was a, that was a rant, but it's been on my mind. 
my only counter to that is I think AEW needs to decide what their biggest show of the year is to make that really a full encompassing yes. prize. I think it's all in, but you know, so. that's the stadium show. I do think you need to like a lot about Tony Khan, you know, I guess it's not so I mean, all outs in Chicago, double or nothing's in Vegas and all ins in London, I guess they only set spots, but like, I do not think your biggest show of the year every year can be in the same location. Um, so I think that's something that needs to be decided. Like I, it could be a stadium show. Like if there AWS one stadium show every year and it's all in and that's the prize, and that's a long time to wait. So that's a hard thing too, but you can always move this where it is on the schedule as well. And yes. it's still done. But like, that is the only thing that this needs is probably is everything you said, like probably four blocks of five people to make the semifinal make more sense. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, the prize is, hey, you won. You're going to go for the title on the biggest show of the year in the main event. And, you know, like the Royal Rumble, unless right. you have two titles and the person that wins headlines <laughs> oh, night one, night, night, night two, you know, that's yeah. when that is tough. But um, so, yeah, I think that makes total sense. And it would up the prestige of this. Obviously, time, the past winners, when people reference it. Like, oh, this person, you know, you've been a world champion. You've won a C2. You've held the tag team titles. You've held the TNT title. Like, that's when you're really getting into, like, Grand Slam champion territory. And, like, yeah. what's important, right? Like, New Japan, the G1 is like winning a championship from your the look of it. WWE, winning a Rumble is important. Like, not everybody's won right. a Rumble. Um, in, in soccer, again, to compare it, you know, you can win your league. You can also win, you know, a, a European title or there's cups within your own country that are in season that are different from the day you're in. So there's other trophies besides the top title, which, you know, I know we hark on AEW a lot, but if it happens once a year, I think me and you are way more open to that as like a prize as opposed to, you know, a a 17th title being introduced as well. 100%. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you like, at this point you want, you look at, I'd be looking at all in and being like, okay, this is going to be the biggest show of the year. It is the stadium show, but yeah, you're not going to run it. In, I mean, you're not going to run it in Wembley Stadium every every year. At least I don't. I don't think so. Like, it's a good idea in theory, and it's a good, I think, way to like kind of set the tone for that event. Like, hey, this is stadium show event. Um, but I mean, you can't burn out that 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 venue and that market. Like, I, I mean, I think they're already stretching it by going back this year. Um, and you get so, off the back-to-back weekends with pay-per-views, which is always a good oh well. Decision. Well, that's that's for sure. I mean, there's, and that's a good reason to move this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe you, I mean, you can't really have it in the winter because that then that really like kind of you're stuck in terms of where you can go. Yeah. So like you do like July. Or yeah, like right. July is open. June. You know, like I think those work. You're not too close to WrestleMania. Any stadium is probably available. Yeah. There's no in the, in the states. There's no football going on at that time, and it's good weather. If you do in the UK, that's like the couple weeks where there's no, um, you know, football going on over there. So like, right, right, the right. stadiums are available, and yeah. So, do you um, do you do you want to see like like in terms of specific? like talents here like has has swerve like kind of i don't know priced himself out of this 
tournament as it, as it stands at this point, like, or he's just, okay. Like he just is not believable because he's too big for it. You know, like I, I, I got that feeling watching last night where I'm like, man, Swerve is like the hottest thing on this show right now. And, yeah. you know, it's a good thing that, that are, they're able to kind of, it was smart of, of Tony Khan to like drop in, like Swerve with MJF. Like I thought that was a, a compelling segment. Um, I thought Swerve actually like kind of outdid MJF like on the, on the mic in that, in that segment too, which was, which was interesting. And we can talk about that in a minute, but you know, you don't want your tournaments doing that either, where it's like, you know, they're just, the big guys don't ever want to be in it because of what, of what it means. So, I mean, is there anybody else that stands out that way to you this year or, and am I off base on, on Swerve? No, I mean, Hey, there's, I didn't say this on the top. I really like the, dynamite like start to finish last night i thought it was a pretty strong episode yeah i like the, the, the course correction that they've done recently so we can get into that later but um yeah i mean i think he's the only one that feels out of place in this tournament i think he felt out of place post that page match right like jay white okay. made sense as kind of like a reclamation project of just losing that match yeah like if yeah. like if if adam page was in the spot of swerve strickland i think this would have worked better for both characters i mean swerve having awesome matches being relevant is better than him not being on tv so it's like, you know, a double-edged sword on, you know, I'd rather Swerve be in this and be relevant and then go on to bigger and better things without winning the tournament is a pretty good result here. But, like, his character did not need to win this tournament to re- reclaim anything of, like, hey, I am relevant. Like, Paige needed that more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyone else, I mean, they've they've – really everyone else has been elevated, which is another good reason, like, to be positive on this tournament. I can't think of anyone who I'm down on. I mean – I'm at least neutral on like Jay Lethal and right. even like Roosh, like I'm more up on, like he's doing jobs. He's bringing a certain flavor. Obviously he's gotten the trust of, of Tony Khan or whoever's booking him in his individual segments of like, you know, he's not a problem. He's here to work. He's going to do intense matches and people are not terribly scared to work with him. It would seem at least compared <laughs> to the beginning. Um, so, you know, like everybody's even Garcia's got a story, right? And it's more so than we would have had before. And you know, whatever. So I think it's been good on that front. But yeah, I mean, Swerve definitely feels out of place here as like a big fish in a a huge fish in a gigantic lake. You know, I'm not gonna say this is a pond, but he definitely <laughs> feels like a top two guy in AEW at the moment, right? Like if you had to like Right now, if you take a snapshot of the company and there's like active people that would get injured and be off for nine months, like him and MJF are the top two that come to my mind of like being a huge problem for the direction of the company, which is like, you know, a huge thing for Swerve in the last six months. Really, really huge. Yeah. And uh, what you think of the the the, uh, the backstage with, with MJF mm-hmm. last night? I, I, I thought... Um, you know, I mean, I thought MJF was MJF, you know, and, and but kind of in like the the like if there's a good side of MJF and a bad side of MJF, this fell on the bad side for me. Like he just was a little too a little like just a little he felt like comedic opposite opposite Swerve, who just was like in his face, like straight up, like you know, running him down and I don't, you know, Swerve wasn't like he wasn't wittier than than MJF, and I don't think he was as, um, you know, he wasn't as funny. But man, like when when he like when he spoke, like you got, 
he got your attention and you I don't know. I thought he just conveyed the sense that like, oh man, he's serious. He's gonna he's gonna take that world. <laughs> he is gonna take that world, that world title. And so, you know, it it you know, so again, I don't think that he matched MJF like barb for barb and you know, right hook for right hook on the microphone in terms of just like shots across the bow. But in terms of presence and in terms of just getting the character over and you know starting to sell that match, which as something that you could see down the road, I I I, I grade swerve like over over MJF in in that specific scenario. Yeah, a lot going on in that segment. A lot like on the surface level and a lot below it as well. First of all, I, I'd love to know like the writer room, the writing room. I know it's not a writer's room, but like who the idea that was because I think it's so embellished all the positives of the swerve character like if that was in the ring in the middle of the ring with a live crowd you know screaming whose house and he's our right. bag i think it loses like the power of it of like the, good the, call the, the like quiet swerve like confidence that is hard to portray in the ring again so my guess is that was more an mjf call to put swerve over it's obviously the friends and yeah. or whatever acquaintances you know whatever you want to say about MJF behind the scenes for real, but <laughs> it seemed like more a collaborative effort of trying to get Swerve over in the best light possible was the vibe I got, the way it was structured. So then like below that surface level is obviously the devil stuff is ramping up and we'll see next week because it's Joe and MJF versus two masked figures. I versus guess we'll find out. Retribution. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see about that. But like this version of MJF, if it's purposeful, felt very much like the um oh man what's the word i'm looking for the uh self-doubting version the insecure that's the word i'm looking for the insecure version of mjf heel character right where you kind of you know any sort of accusation you make on someone else is a confession you're making about yourself internally right in, in, in that space and that's kind of how mjf was as a heel so if you want to stretch it that mjf is in fact the devil and swerve is getting over big time as a face um which i'm not advocating for this at this moment right because i think both characters are in a good spot and to keep switching characters left and right and the joe character is also confusing and yeah so good yeah but i think that can pay off because joe's kind of teflon in that capacity of being kind of a tweener just a badass guy but yeah. so there's like that as well of is this the start of because, like, Swerve was not heelish, in my opinion, in that exact moment, right? He's just a guy who's confident, talks quietly and, and forcefully, and, you know, is a guy who was going to take you out if he gets the chance to. Um, so it's interesting. I, I, I don't know where they go, but I think the seeds were planted there for a double turn to happen during that match, especially if MJF is, let's say, hurt, can take out Joe in some way, shape, or form with the help if he is the devil, if you want to do that. And then Swerve can kind of beat him and be the babyface champion that maybe Tony Khan wants. Like none of that is like super ideal, but I think all of it is a play based on their interaction last night. So, you know, I think that's a deep, deep conspiratorial view of what happened here. But I think it's all kind of on the table the way they interacted. Well, and I think well, yes, yes, he was definitely more heelish in that in that interaction, mm -hmm. and really like the whole night, even the way in the ring that he ran down Joe, I think yeah. was not like. It was MJF in character, but it wasn't like babyface in nature, like to just kind of run run that guy yeah. down like that, especially when he's supposed to have your back. I yeah. 
I, you know, the, 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 because of Adam Cole's injury, this, this whole like devil thing could be just, it, it could end up landing somewhere where it never was supposed to, supposed to land because of like some bizarre circumstances. Like who, you know, I think you could figure that Swerve and, and Paige would have had a, a very strong death match, but not one that launched, uh, you wouldn't predict that it would be a match that launched Swerve the way that it, that it has. And where you, and then you add that Adam Cole injury in and you're sitting here and you're like, okay, the plan wasn't for MJF to be the devil, but <laughs> you know, maybe that makes sense right now because of, because of Swerve, you know? And so you, and because the devil's masked, you can kind of play that. You can play that game a little bit. I don't think that, I don't think that that's where they're going right now anyway, but I mean, it's on the table because, like, I think it's, it's a good time for <laughs> – and we say this a lot on the show. and We say we say this a lot. But it's it's a great time for Tony Khan to sit down and go, okay, where are we going and who are we going there with at the top of the card? Like, who are these guys? Okay, it's Swerve. Great. Then you then you use this, this devil angle to – with that in mind, you know, with, with, uh, okay, we want Swerve to be the biggest star. He's going to chase the title till all in and win it there. Okay. That's what we're going to do. Or it's not Swerve. And it's like, nope, MJF still the most important guy. Okay. And you, so then you use the devil storyline to enhance that. And what, you know, but I think it's like a great time to like, because devil's masked up because he could, because it's been so confusing Anyway, in terms of like where the devil's allegiance is and he's attacking this person, but he's attacking that person too. Like you really can probably, you know, halfway effectively spin the reveal, whichever way you need it to go. And, you know, it's so therefore it's a smart time to like take inventory of where you're at, where you're going and how this story, which is the biggest kind of episodic step-by-step story that, aw has done in years how did how can that pay off in the biggest way possible for the biggest star that you want to create and that's how i'd be how i'd be looking at this i still think that that means i still think that that means adam cole is the is the is the devil here like to me that's still what ends up happening but you know again that that was before that was before swerve kind of came into his own here so maybe you do want to Maybe you do want to pivot. I don't know. But I, I I say all that just to put out there that this is a good time to like stop, pause, figure out what's what, and then go there as best as best you can. Yeah. And I think if you don't say like, hey, we're going to reveal who the devil is at the pay-per-view, but like infer it heavily that like they're, I don't know, there's a million ways you can do it, right? I think that juices the pay-per-view a little bit too for people to find out yes. what's going yes. on. You know, it's the main event. It's Joe and MJF. They just, one would assume, thwarted the underlings of the devil. So the devil will want to get payback in their in their match. So does like, does Joe do something? Because like he's shown to like team up with MJF when they need to. Like, does MJF take advantage of that? Because he still does underhanded things to win matches. Like, does he hit right. Joe with the the diamond ring when the devils attack? and pins him and then you know there's an issue there whatever right and then they reveal themselves or that'd be more of an mjf as the devil situation i guess 
but like that would juice the pay per view a lot. And you know, yeah. to answer Zach's question about like how could they possibly explain MJF being the devil, a lot of things like MJF or like in AEW, like very few, I would say, what like 850,000 people watch AEW pretty religiously at this point. Like the timeline of the devil could could ten thousand give you an accurate timeline of the devil to like be like hold on there's the plot hole here obviously if you go back and watch like all the situate all the stuff back to back to back yes and someone will do that and then it'll be a narrative but it's been like a lot of other things it's been disjointed it's been picked up and started and stopped that I don't I don't know why he couldn't be the devil um, like he could always have people do his work for him. And he's never really been in the same room when anything has happened um, that I can think of that would totally exonerate him from being the devil. I, I'm with you on that. Like, I, I think that's how you really could, like, to me, that's like an easy way to explain it. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it was MJF all along and he beat up Jay White. Uh, and so there you go. Like, he beat him up because he was an opponent. So he did that. He beat up the acclaim because he didn't like Max, Max Caster wanting to be his tag team. He beat up Adam Page because, you know, doesn't like Adam. Like, I think that's like a – I think, Zach, that's an easy easy one. To, that's It's easier to describe that than to, than if it's like Jungle Boy or something. Like, like which, I, again, I don't think that's where they're going. But yeah. I think, you know, Adam Cole's the easiest to explain. But even that's difficult. Like, I, yeah, we don't have to break that this all down. But I think MJF is like one of the easier like reveals to explain by proxy of really not having to explain much. <laughs> yeah, but you still think like Cole is like if you had to percentage base it is like the high favorite to be the devil. Just the way for the sure, hundred percent. Yeah, I do yeah. too. And I think yeah, I, I meant like I think it's I think it's like seventy percent. That yeah, that's, yeah. that's gonna be him. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I agree, but it doesn't, not everything has to make sense. Right. As you said, like you can pivot. This storyline has been so up and down and kind of not confusing, but like just so ethereal on like what the devil's intentions are. Right. That you can kind of make it fit any situation you need it to. So you hundred uh, percent. David is in our chat. David, uh, I say Ryback because Tan's got to do something crazy. Listen, <laughs> I think that may that may lose Tony Khan like four hundred thousand viewers on a weekly basis. If it, if the if the devil is Ryback, uh, yikes! That would be that would be like that's worse than any TNA booking decision, like by by a wide 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 margin. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> at margin. this point, if you're Tony Khan, want to say face, I'd probably make Ric Flair the devil. Just you'd be like, oh, he tricked me. He screwed yes. over my guys. I should have never, I should have never signed him. And a like everyone, everyone would be, everyone would be like, "Yeah, he is the devil." Let's boo him, you know. So, but one thousand percent, one thousand percent. Yeah, that. I mean, boy, people would be interested in that, but or people would be intrigued and then very upset that to yeah. Ryback. Um, let's see. I want to get. Let's get to some. Uh, let's get to some. Uh, uh, more some more uh, audience comments on this because mm-hmm. I think it's it's pretty interesting. Curvin, thanks for thanks for watching live. Appreciate it. Um, let's be honest, MJF is not working out as a babyface. We can talk about that in a minute, but I want to get to your other comment here. I clicked the, the wrong one. Um, if Swerve doesn't become AW champion by 2024, what the f is Tony Khan doing? Swerve has the momentum and the crowd support. So Curvin, 
by the end of 2024, that is a tough ask, my friend, because there is not, uh, or by 2024 is a tough ask because we only have about 10 days left, 10 days left, 10 days left. Uh, so that's not going to happen. I don't think that's imperative either, Kervin, but I, uh, I think that it's something that you got to look at next year. I mean, for, I mean, that is definitely something that has to be, um, that has to be on the table. At, at, at this point, given, given his momentum. And I mean, that's what you want to do. You want to, you know, ride the guys that have the, the momentum short-term and, and long-term, like it had, they have to cross, they have to check both boxes and swerve. I just think, I just think he's, he's, you know, he has that right now, now, but I also think he's got value, you know, as the company continues to move forward too. And, and um, so you know, I mean, imagine like a Swerve versus Osprey match, like in, you know, in uh, in Wembley Stadium with, uh, you know, with with nine months or whatever it's going to, with nine months of like main event level build for Swerve. I mean, that could be a hell of a match for the for the world title. So I'm with you. You got to consider him to be champion at some point, but in the next 10 days, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Tyler, what do you think? And, you know, yeah, I mean, I love your like Swerve and Osprey at the main event of All In feels like next level. And that feels like phase two also of AEW. Yes. In a lot very of ways. Much so, yeah. Like, you know, obviously with Kenny's diagnosis, we didn't talk about, but we hope Kenny gets better and hope it's not like, you know, the Brock Lesnar situation. Um, I think Kenny probably went to the doctor sooner than Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He doesn't have an entire elk steak diet like Brock did, which like red meat is bad for diverticulitis. So I'm sure Kenny eats a lot of protein, but maybe not as much. Anyway. You know them. That's him. scary, though. That's that's oh, a scary. Super scary. That's a scary disease. I mean, or a scary oh. thing. Yeah, I mean, you can. You know, if he went another week, you know, you can die from that stuff. So I know. I'm glad I he know. Got, got the help he got. So it's just good. Um, you know, him, the Bucks, Cody, Jericho, Page, right? Like all the, you know, Pack is probably going to be, um, out. It seems, yeah. coming up, right? So like, there's like that first wave of top talent is now. In, in place for NMJF, who was like, you know, not, you know, a, a good hand when the company started. Swerve, who came in in the pandemic. Uh, Osprey, JY, like this sort of stuff of like the natural evolution of the second generation of AEW, which I think is kind of more that the pillars idea, but actually happening as right. opposed to being forced in, in, in being like yes. a thing that yes. I think has been an albatross on almost all of their necks, which is, I think, a good lesson to learn for anyone that serves a promotion not to do that. But, um, but yeah, I, I think 2024, like at this point, if he's if he's healthy, it'd be a dumb decision for him not to be world champion if he keeps on this trajectory. And that's as we that's are a, the first and foremost Swerve Strickland podcast on the <laughs> internet. As, uh, we as, were as, on as, Swerve before everybody else was on Swerve. Yeah, there you go. If you I, go back and read my Dynamite reports on Torch, I was uh, always a big Swerve guy. Yes, yes, you were, and you, and, you know, look, he 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 showed that. I mean, I mean, yeah, this the you know, it seems like something that like happens happen overnight, but it really it really wasn't. Like, I mean, you had he had that signature like moment, which happens a lot in wrestling. Like, yeah. a lot of guys have like their mo their like launching moment, but in the lead up to that, usually like there's momentum behind it. And I think, I think Swerve definitely falls in that category. Um, let's put it, I want to go to Tracy here because this is a philosophical question um, as she says. And uh, 
It's a good one. If stories don't turn out the way I would like or you would like, does that make them wrong? Tyler, I think I know your answer. Of course. No, it doesn't, obviously. <laughs> I think, you know, we're on the same page, and I, I think that's obviously one of the beauties of wrestling is the interpretation of how stories turn out. I think we just, in our opinion, right, that's what the show is, is all opinion-based, is that we think there's better ways for that tournament to play out and for those characters, for, for what for the story to tell with all of them and, and what's in place, right? But, you know, I don't think it, you know, you can have a good story that you don't really care about or like even. I mean, you got to like a story to think it's good, right? I think that's kind of a baseline fact of of how things go, right? But not everything's for everybody. So I don't know. Well, I'm kind of rambling here, but yeah, go ahead. No, I think I to me it's like, no, it certainly doesn't make the story wrong. Yeah. But I think that there is an inherent like, like, in the end, you you have to pay it off in a way that like the that general like that the fans like and I, and so maybe that doesn't mean like you Tracy or me or Tyler or maybe you know specifically we don't like it but if I look at like a broader sense like of like is this working for like the broader audience like are they getting the reaction that they want to be getting mm-hmm. is the story getting the reaction that it's getting then I think that that still works even if I don't like it. Claimed, for example, is a big one that I point to for AEW recently. Like, I'm I wasn't a big, I'm not a big an acclaimed fan, you know. But at the time when they're going and they're pushing and they're making their way to those tag team titles, like that was over. So like that that worked. That was the right story to tell with them at the at the right time, even if it wasn't specifically for me. But now. I think you can there can be bad stories here where like like this Eddie Kingston thing. If Eddie Kingston doesn't win this 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 championship, and, and and I'll get to your concern in a minute, Tyler, but if he doesn't win, you have like the like the one kind of key thread of, of your story that has gone and then it just kind of fizzles away. Like it's it it doesn't end like you know, and so I think you you want to like tie up your stories in a way that that it ends. If you're watching Star Wars, for example, and like the movie just, you know, if like Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader are fighting, and then it just kind of just like Darth Vader kicks him off the cliff, and that's it. It's like that's not the greatest story in the world because it it's just kind of like eh, like flat. It's it's a bad ending. Like you have to have a, like stories. I think have to have good endings. And so, in this case with Eddie Kingston, like it's tough because this, like I think the story that you want to tell here is that he's gonna win this tournament and he's gonna overcome and he's gonna win. And he's gonna be the triple crown champion. I think that's what you want to do. <laughs> but to your point, like you're, it's it's a tough spot because then everything is the exact same as it was, you know, six weeks ago or whatever. And I don't, I don't know that you want that, but. I don't know. I hope Tracy that kind of answers where I'm at on stories. Like it's, you know, I think that generally the good ones pay off the way the majority of folks want to see them pay off. Like I think in wrestling, especially you want that universal momentum behind a babyface chasing a title or a babyface beating a heel. Like that's good storytelling. When Roman Reigns goes down, whenever that is like, 
you want that audience. If that audience is split or that audience is unsure or that audience is mixed, like story doesn't story doesn't work. It's why it's, it's why like 2018, 2017 WWE is so horrible because you had Roman as this like fighting babyface guy and nobody liked it. And so everything like just did not click because of that and did not stick. Um, and so to me, like all that very much matters. And in wrestling more so than like a book that you may pick up that I may like, and that Tyler may not like the point of like a big element of professional wrestling is manipulating that audience so that they are collectively on one side of the story. And that I think you I think that misses a lot in WWE and and AEW less so now in WWE but certainly there for many years you did not have stories that lined up with where your reactions were yeah agreed um let me figure out here there's one more uh yeah why are you doing that just just on your thing with Eddie right like and the 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 yeah, you know, rule of thumb of baby faces, right? Is like baby faces are usually a lot better on the chase than having the top prize. So, like, if you have him and let's say Kingston and Jay White, it makes more sense for the story. Jay White beats him. Eddie, who's the biggest all Japan wrestling fan of all time, it seems in storyline at least, like yes. him to be that modern Triple Crown champion seems like the pinnacle of his career, right? And do you want him to win this initial tournament to get that, or is it better if he falls just short, a la Rocky one? And like, let's say next year at the pay-per-view that's in Long Island, essentially the pseudo hometown, right? Because you're not going to be in Yonkers, which was where Eddie is from. Eddie's from, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, let's say he beats Jay White, who's who's had that thing for a year and taken on all competitors. No one can beat him. It's like the suit of Orange Cassidy role. And Kingston rolls in there. It's his last chance to win this thing for some reason in storyline. He wins it. Confetti. Hometown. Like it's awesome, and that's like yeah. the, literally the pinnacle of Eddie Kingston's career, and it's not for a world title, but it's for this title that it means more to the than the world title to him and us as an audience member. Um, I think it would it would come across because Eddie's good at conveying that. So that's just like what I think Zach and I are shooting for more so than the instant gratification of a, yeah. a story here. Yep. Well said. All right, from Matt here. Uh, he says Matt is a. Uh, Matt, are you an MJF fan? I forget. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seriously, uh, Joe should win the title, Matt said. MJF should then feud with Adam Cole and the cronies as the, the devil, I presume. And the title can be treated as main event again. So, Tyler, take that comment what you will. But also, um, where do you put the odds that that Joe wins this title? We'll do a, a full-on... Um, well, we'll t- I'll talk more about what we have planned for next week in a little bit here, but we will do a World's End preview um, next week. And so we'll talk more like specifically about like the match and the build and, and all that. But based on what you've seen so far, is should Joe win? Should Joe beat MJF for that title right now? If you're ever going to do it, now's the time. I think this might be your peak Joe overness in AEW. It still just doesn't feel like to me, you know, from the, the, pit of your stomach right does it feel like joe is in a spot to be the AEW world champion does it feel like anything more than a transitional championship if he does win no no and that's and that's not like good for joe right i just want to give him like a world title on a big stage in transition then to a swerve um if if you know if samojo does do like the babyface turn you want to keep 
um, swerve a heel, that's fine. But it feels like a disservice to Joe if you don't have a actual run plan for him. And uh, I don't think that there is one. So it feels like if MJF can last another couple matches with his shoulder, then this is not the time to do it unless you absolutely, like, if MJF cannot work a regular match and Joe has to win it. Then if they do do that, please make a story of it and make it, like, have Joe be dominant and be a dominant champion because I think he's he's can do it, but I just don't think Tony Khan has that intention for him. So I would say no. I do not think that Joe will win or should win for that reason. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I don't either. It's just not um... – <sighs> It's not the time. It's just not. I mean, it's not the time for Joe, but it's also, I just, I don't think it's the time for MJF to lose either. I mean, like you, you, I just think you don't, it's like, it's like, you know, trading somebody at their lowest level. Like you, you want to wait until they're at their highest value to, to trade them because you can get the most back. And in this case, I think like you want to get the most out of MJF losing the title at some point to whatever that is. And right now, like he's the, he's the top guy in the company for sure, but he's still kind of like a little flat because he hasn't found that voice as a as a as a babyface yet. So, you know, I don't think it packs as much of a punch as it might, you know, next year at double or nothing or at yeah. or at all in. Like if you can get him a little bit back on track, I think you know him doing a job like that doesn't do them very often. So it means something. Um, but I think you just want to kind of get this, whatever this stink is that's on him right now, mm-hmm. you want that to go away, whether that's turn him heel or whether that's just kind of have him get his feet under him better as a baby face, whatever, you know, I think he's a good enough performer where he can figure this out, um, mm-hmm. but he just needs the time to do so. And so I don't think you want to waste, you know, having him do a job when he's coldest. So yes, I agree. That's another good point from a booking standpoint. All right, we're going to talk more about AW um, on the members-only show uh, that we'll start up here in a minute. But I want to get to um, a WWE topic, and that is a batch of free agents have hit the open market finally. Their non-competes are over. They are free from the WWE web. These guys were all um, released from WWE ninety days ago. Um, so they are Dolph Ziggler, Mustafa Ali, Riddle, Shelton Benjamin, Rick Boogs, Dana Brooke, Dabakato, Elias, Quincy Elliott, Ulyssa Leone, Mace, Mansoor, Riddick Moss, Shanky, Top Dalla, and Aaliyah. Um, you're on the same Reddit post that I had up. Yes, I think I do. Yeah, it's in the same order. I think I do. The that's a, I mean, look, that's a high, that's a lot of ta- talent, you know, not mm-hmm. great talent necessarily. That's an influx of talent that's, that has like WWE credentials that's going to be hitting like the, the open market. Matt Riddle um, is already being promoted for um, MLW Kings of Coliseum show um, that's coming up in January. So it looks like he's going to be spending a lot of time there. I don't know. You know, if he has an exclusive deal with them, I, I doubt it. But, but hey, maybe he does. Mustafa Ali, um, I recommend you go to his Twitter um, and watch kind of his uh, his his "I'm free" video uh, that he posted. It's pretty cool. Um, 
and, and kind of like paints a character for him, like out on the on the independence. And then a whole bunch of independent matches for him have been announced in the last two hours. Like GCW shows, he's against Mike Bailey, against Green Goat Loco, like against lots, lots of like top, top independent talent. So he's yeah. so he's set. Um if you're an impact wrestling fan, I think you, you may be getting the dose of Dolph Ziggler uh, come next year. They're, they're hyping up a big signing uh, and Ziggler's the only one that's quiet uh, right now. So I don't know. I kind of think that, that, that you may, that you may be going down that road, but I mean, like of, of, of this list, Tyler, I mean, like, is there anybody on here that, if you're AEW going for, is there anybody on here that can transform, you know, transform themselves into a more viable professional wrestler that will be on WWE shortlist or AEW shortlist in three years, you know, like a, like a Drew McIntyre or like, or like a Cody Rhodes, um, you know, or is, or is this like, yeah, you know, there's this is what it's going to be. And, you know, Mansoor is going to work in these until he's done. Like, and that's, and, and that's that. I mean, I, I think there's a wide range on, on here, you know, and I certainly have my thoughts that I'll reveal here in a minute, but, but what's your take on this and, and like who can take it, who on this list can take advantage of their free agency to get back and, you know, make some money with the contract at some point. Well, yeah, I mean, barring the obvious of top dollar, I think that no, I'm just kidding. That's not yes, uh, obviously. Yeah, or Davakeda, I think, uh, would be the two as a joke. Or Dana Brooke, those would be the top three ones that you would levy that joke against. But Good grief. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Ali. I think he can go on if you look at the Matt Cardona run, um, but like to a you know ten time degree of actually working real matches and like kind of putting himself over like in that capacity. I think like 2024 to do like a ton of indie stuff and get over and be like cool and trendy and hip is then the time to sign somebody like that. If you're a bigger company, not just right out of the gate. Um, you know, I think with Dolph or what Nick Nemeth, right. Yeah. And then um, Shelton, you know, just like older guys that can be awesome hands. I think that that's more of like a impact situation. Elias, like I think could be interesting, especially on the indie space of like being a unique talent. Like, but my guess is that he will be, I don't know what his real name is. If it's, he might be Eli. That's the true. Play, like, that's and, a tough one. That's a and tough play, one. And play guitar and just kind of be like, you know, the modern version of uh, Honky Tonk Man, just like being the same gimmick <laughs> oh, no. on the Indies. So. <laughs> if you're know, listening just, to this, Elias, we're sorry to put yeah, that on you. I mean, that's like, you know, that's the easy way to go. Um, you know, I was never Rick Boog's fan, but he's got a look. And I know he's entertained people, but it's hard to do that in not the WWE space. So he's like the dark horse to look out for if he like revitalizes his career in a way. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely not a excellent crop of talent if you're AEW um, or WWE to resign at a later date. But yeah, I think Mustafa would be number one by about a mile. Obviously, Riddle is talented, but as Sean and Ryan are discussing, I think that kind of sums it up of. You know, that might be a guy for WWE if in years you want to bring him back. He's got like that built-in persona that, that he feels most likely to, if he keeps his nose clean, to um, 
come back and, and be a big reveal later at like a Royal Rumble in like 2027 or something. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I, I really, I'm, I'm in on like two people on this list. Really? Okay. You, you've, you've hit it up. Like it's Ali and it's Riddle. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, Ziggler, I mean, like, if, is there like more, is there like more of an impact signing than, than Dolph Ziggler? Like, is there, is there like a better example of them? Like the company, up the free... company, not the, not the adjective. Yeah. Not the, right. Yes, yes. The company, not the adjective. <laughs> it's just like, is there like a, like a, I mean, that's such like a classic, like impact wrestling mm-hmm. signee to hype up. Like, so I've like. Like, man, like that'll be what it is, and then that that's it. But but Ali is somebody that I, you know, when I when I, if I when I picture him having a conversation with 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 Triple H, mm-hmm. it's like I see somebody like in Ali that's like fully confident and has this vision of like what he can do, how he can do it. I, I think he understands like the workings of a big promotion like that. He's versatile, mm-hmm. he can have good matches, but you know, for whatever reason, like, like Cody Rhodes and like others, and I'm not saying he's on that level, but I'm saying that like them being unable to convince the higher ups at the company that, that, or, or being unable to show them the same vision that he sees. Yeah. Like this is his chance to do that. This is his chance to like get out of WWE, go put on paper or on tape, like, who it is that like now's your time you're painting your vision now no strings attached like and i think he's going to be really effective at 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 doing at doing that so i mean i i would not be surprised like if 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 we get ali back in nxt or something like that after after this indie run i mean i i just think that once he can get it out of his brain and like into reality mm-hmm. that it's going to be something so he is somebody i'm i'm high on and then riddle like, look, Riddle's got issues, like for sure. Like, you know, um, but man, I mean, the guy has charisma, um, and I think he, like, it, it, I think he's just somebody. He like, just strikes me as somebody that just gets more chances than other people, and that he probably should. And so, I can totally see him like just freshening up a bit, and and then going back to WWE. Like, I, I. I I would not put that out of the question, but ev- but everybody else on this though, it's like, man, like somebody like Aaliyah, like I don't, I mean, never say never, but she's just not somebody that I see like, okay, she's gonna go out now and grind on the independence. Like she seemed like a WWE or bust type type talent, um, and I think there's a lot of those on here, um, unfortunately for them. Yeah. Or you know, we might Tony Khan might just like Mansoor and. Mace, I don't know their real names. They're they're sure show that they do and be like, oh, that'd be great. Like that'd be fun with RJ City to do like a fun good joke panel. So you know, you they don't. You, we'll see what kind of content Tony Khan consumes in the wrestling space based on who he signs. I think as well. But if I'm like, I think Ali is the most intriguing one, obviously between the two of us. Like if you're his agent or giving him advice, free advice, whether he wants to take it or not, as we are not wrestlers. Um, Mine is like do the indie run for a while and be at least like Nick Wayne level on the indies. So you can come in and get guaranteed a story and not get Matt Seidel 
when you come in. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. 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 Yep. If it's AEW, because you kind of need to be like a hot act and come in and have at least Tony Khan know who you are to assume that the wrestling audience knows who you are um, and, and come in and start hot and be, you know, taking on Orange Cassidy night one and maybe winning the, the international title. Like that's a way to debut somebody like the working man's title, basically, which Ali would be a great candidate for. For sure. I mean, the guy's just really good in the ring and I, I think he's yeah. better on the microphone and better yeah. as a character. And a Chicago guy, better. right? Chicago it's guy. It's still baffling to me that they didn't sell that uh, the Chicago Bulls Ali shirt that he wore at whatever yeah. pay-per-view that was. Like, but just mind-numbing. I'm sure he was pissed about that because he would have made big-time money in yeah. uh, in merch checks mm-hmm. that night. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll track it. Um, I know SC Scoops is doing a good job of tracking it. Um, so you can head over there if you want to see, like, all the matches that Ali's got lined up. And it's a lot. It's like – He's been working behind the scenes clearly to mm-hmm. to get some good stuff down. Riddle, same way. Um, Ryan's making some interesting comments here about Riddle. Riddle's way smarter than given credit for. He knows exactly what he's doing. It's a work act. Yeah, I think it. I mean, I don't think I don't think he's stupid at all. I think he's he he does know what he's doing, and that's mm-hmm. why I think he's going to end up in a in a decent decent position. Yep. Guys, we will wrap it up there we're gonna go we're gonna record the member only show um talk a little bit more wwe talk a little bit more wwe news uh, maybe pick up some uh, some AEW topics as well uh listen thank you everybody who has t- uh, who's tuned in live um we appreciate the support and uh glad you're here with us on the show um next week is gonna be a busy gonna be a busy week uh for for Brassering media we're gonna have a preview show for 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 world's end at some point um we also, I also gonna um, going to talk with Chris Samza uh, and preview um, Wrestle Kingdom. So we'll have that show up. That probably won't be a live show just due to holiday scheduling, uh, but we'll get that in the can and get that posted so everybody can um, um, uh, can can kind of preview Wrestle Kingdom and be ready for that show mm-hmm. once uh, when January fourth hits. And then we're also going to have a year in review show at some point. I'm looking back at the year in wrestling. Um, some special guests lined up for that slowly, but surely, and that'll be something fun. So stay tuned, hit the notification button on our YouTube channel. So, you know, when we go live, follow us on Twitter at brass ring underscore media, um, to get all of our updates. Um, and, uh, and of course become a Patreon member and get more of these podcasts and be absolutely completely 100% up to speed on, uh, on what we do, but a busy week next week. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun one. Exciting. Uh, happy holidays to everybody who is celebrating. Hope at the very least you have a good week with, uh, uh, friends and family with whatever you're doing. But, uh, yeah, cheers to you, Tyler. Cheers to you, my friend. Um, we'll, uh, get off and do this show, but thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you all really, really soon. See you.